Hello everyone, I'm Matthew Robinson for LA Theater Bites. I'm sitting here today with Fred Blanco, who has a new show, A Christmas Carol, which will be at the Whitmore Lindley, starting on December 1st. Uh, Fred, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Matthew. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, before we really get into this interview, would you like to tell anyone about yourself, just a little bit of your background with theater and performance arts? Sure. Um, I'm based in, in the L.A. area. I, I uh, work in L.A. and in Orange County. Uh, I, I studied, uh, you know, a, a little bit in college uh, back in the back in the '90s, uh, and have toured, uh, you know, with different companies and, and have done a lot of um, educational theater. And then in the early 2000s, I developed a um, a show on the life of. Uh, farm worker and labor leader Cesar Chavez and that was a one-man show or that is a one-man show uh, and I continue to tour that today so I've been doing that for about 13 or 14 years um, and that's um, usually tours the the college circuit and uh, educational circuits I've done juvenile halls uh, youth correctional facilities with that show uh, and I also do the Chautauqua lecture series which is um, uh, throughout the country in different states sponsor historical reenactors to uh, to go out and uh, be a part of the Chautauqua um, event, which is which that's a whole other story in and of itself. Chautauqua has a long history in the United States, uh, and that started off as a way to educate and entertain people in the 1800s, and and uh, they still do it today. But uh, I'll I'll do that occasionally as, as Cesar Chavez as a reenactor. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've done uh, a little bit of, of a lot of things, uh, improvisation and stand-up comedy, and, and uh, really, I'm, I'm really into the solo uh, performance right now. I, I feel like that's kind of a, an art form in and of itself, and I've been wanting to do a Christmas carol for, for a while, for a long time, uh, by myself. I've done it before over the years uh, with different groups, and I just thought it would be a, a great challenge. I, I love the story. I grew up. Uh, watching the story on TV and, and uh, seeing plays and being in plays, uh, you know, uh, about the Christmas Carol. So, so I thought it'd be fun, and I thought it would be um, kind of uh, challenging to try to approach it from a fresh perspective, or at least what I think might be a fresh perspective. Right. I mean, you know, this is tis the season, as they say. I mean, it, when you say you've seen a lot of versions, it's about, are you talking about theater and film and television because you know Christmas Carol I feel like it's been done so many different ways it's kind of like a Shakespeare Shakespearean tale at this time uh, because there's so many different ways you can interpret it would you agree with that it, yeah you know I grew up watching uh, George C. Scott's version and then of course uh, as I got older I, I really became a fan of the Alistair, Alistair Sim version and uh, and you know and a lot of kids that I talked to today they, they know the James Carey version, and, and there's a lot of, you know, the, the Muppets and, and Mickey Mouse, and it just goes on and on and on. And, and then, of course, uh, different stage versions of it, and they're all, they're all great, and lots of uh, solo versions of it as well. So, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, you, you kind of get that eye roll when you, when you tell people that you might be producing it, and uh, because people feel like sometimes it's been done to death. But on the other side of the coin, people love the story. And it's such a part of our culture and part of our, um, you know, our, our hearts. Uh, mm. in, in whatever version that you've seen it or that you 
perform it in, uh, you can't help but fall in love with the characters and and the story of, of, of somebody who you know who finds redemption and 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 uh, it's just it's just a great way for us to tell the story about change about uh, and about community as well. Right. A lot of people don't look at it in those terms, but it, it is really a story about sticking together as a society and, and kind of uh, staying strong in, in tough times. Yeah, I would totally agree. And I think that's what makes this so interesting. And so, I mean, you said you did this with other people. It's so like an ensemble. And now you're doing it solo. Is this the first time you've ever done this show, so, show, solo? And if so, um, you know, how yeah, does that well, compare? So this, I produced this version of it a few times before. Uh, so I feel like this this version of it is, is always in development. Um, it's it's probably, this is probably like the sixth run of it. Um, I feel like in each time, you know, I feel like I, I find uh, different little things to improve on. And, um, but before before this version of it, I had never tackled it by myself. Wow. Uh, self, self-producing it. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and I feel as, I, as I've gotten older, I, I look at it differently or, or at least I can understand things a little better. Um, so, and as I continue to get older, it will probably get even, you know, even better. My understanding of it will, hmm. will improve and, and I'll see things even more differently as, as the years go on. That makes sense. I mean, that totally makes sense. Uh, so, kind of before we get into deep into the soul, what was it like doing it? in a more ensemble way. I'd be, it's this, how many times have you done it as an ensemble before doing it here as solo? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'm doing it currently. So I'm currently uh, performing in Knott's Berry Farms uh, famed Birdcage yes. Theater. Was uh, I've seen you do uh, before. Yeah, we they do it every year. Uh, and it's a really rich part of the history. And it's a big tradition for a lot of people, uh, LA and Orange County to come out every year with their family and, and watch, uh, our version of a Christmas Carol out there. So, so this would be my second season doing it at, at Knott's and I've done it in college. I've done it with touring groups. Um, you know, I've done it for uh, private, uh, uh, entertainment companies that would, that they would do it for, for uh, Christmas parties and things like that. Um, I even did a seven minute version. Actually, now that I think about it, for for Knott's Berry Farm, they they produced uh, some. They had some performers on the train on the Engine Forty One at Knott's, yes. and, and I would do a seven minute version of it. And, and every time I do it, you know, you always find a different way to approach it, and you always find something fresh that makes it makes it fun. But um, I I have always loved doing it. In no matter no matter what form I do it in or who I do it with, I I, I don't think I've ever I could ever say that I've ever gotten tired of it. Uh, I, it, it is, like you say, a story that you hear very often, but yet it never loses its flavor. You know, it's like, a, it's a wonderful life. I see that pretty much every year, but it, it just has something about it that makes it always watchable. Same with The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, or Charlie Brown Christmas, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's such a human story. It's such a story that's entrenched in our culture. I don't think we can let go of it because I think it means so much to so many different people for so many different reasons. I think we all kind of know a Scrooge. We know someone like a Scrooge. Maybe he's not as he or she is not as horrible as Scrooge is, but there is that Scrooge. Everyone knows one. 
maybe it's not centered around Christmas, but there's someone who is Scrooge light. And I think sure. I think we appreciate the hope of it. He's not someone who ends up banished to hell and forgotten. He learns, which is something that we always don't see from someone who is, in many cases would be considered the villain. Yeah, you know, Scrooge is not an, an evil person. Scrooge is, is like most of us. Scrooge is just afraid. And Scrooge mm. is... He's, he's been damaged, you know, like, like most of us in one way or another. And Scrooge is just the ultimate example of that. So that way we can see that change is possible. Scrooge is really the epitome of someone that's been damaged and, and you know, been hurt. And so he's, you know, because of it, he, he clams up and he, he, becomes, uh, he becomes a hermit, essentially. Hmm. Uh, or or, or he, he just... His defense mechanism is to is to scare people off and to to, to shun people. So um, I think we can all relate to that on some level, in in one way or another. Whether it's been long term or whether it's been you know we're just uh, something that we've been going through temporarily or whatever. We all empathize with that. So at the end of it, when he does finally change, I mean we're 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 happy for him, and we new we, we if we've never seen it before if we're if we're very young we still have an idea that he's going to make good right we, he's, he is going to change and of course those of us who, who've seen it over the years uh, no matter how many times we've seen it we know that he's going to change we still it's it's just a huge it, it, it's it's great i mean at the end you still tear up you you, you cheer for him it's it's the dickens uh Rocky story. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of unique things about your show, outside of it just being a solo performance. Your show uses magic, and what is this? And what do you mean by magic? And how did you implement it into the show? This is very in interesting to me. I'm very intrigued by this. So, so the show. I mean, you know, theater inherently is magical, uh, and this show is very magical. Th this is a this is a ghost story, uh, and it's also a time traveling story. Uh, right. In order to you know to show Scrooge what he's done wrong and, and what you know what he can improve upon, the spirits uh, show him different parts of his life and they flash back and they flash forward, uh, and so and that's all very magical. So you know to do it uh, solo, the the challenge is okay. How can we how can we help the audience visualize the Im the imagery? I mean the the imagery is so clear in the language that that Dickens has has written, but then on top of that, uh, you want to give the audience an ex a theatrical experience. So what I like to do is I like to give them little bits and pieces that kind of spark the imagination, mm. whether it's a, a hat or, or something that kind of makes them feel like they're seeing the character. But then on top of that, you want to be able to change the time and place. So, you know, there's a trunk, the main prop is a steamer trunk that we had custom custom built. Wow. Uh, and the steamer trunk uh, does different things throughout the show. So the steamer trunk transforms almost like a like a Dickensian transformer, you know, like Bumblebee. <laughs> you know, like it, 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 you know, one minute might, and I don't want to give things away, but one minute uh, it'll help uh, the audience visualize Scrooge's bedroom, and the next minute it would help visualize uh, one of the spirits, you know, uh, so, so that's really um, using some principles of magic. Um, there's a, a that's pretty inventive. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I've been thinking about for a while, and, and then I was speaking to a, a buddy of mine who, who 
uh, is a prop master, and we were talking about how you know how we could kind of get those things across and how we could build it. Uh, and then that's that's the fun part of the process. Process, and then and even now, you know, we'll we'll come up with ways to improve it, and and you know, the hope is, oh well, we can we can produce it again someplace else and add something different. Uh, this year, we have a, a a brand new Marley mask. So Marley, the scene between Jacob Marley and Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, it's two people, but it's played by by just myself. So huh. so what? What you see is you see a mask work. So Scrooge would be just myself, and then Marley is is portrayed by a mask. And so the first mask that we had was a great mask uh, built by built by uh, Kevin Williams uh, FX, and it was a resin mask, and it was very uh, very simple uh, but very effective. Uh, and then my dream was to make the mask uh, more horrific. Uh, so we went to uh, an effects company called A and J Effects, who's great, and they do a lot of Halloween effects uh, and Halloween mask building for uh, Knott's Berry Farms Haunt. And so they they got it and they understood, uh, and so they built something that was uh, a little more graphic, uh, slightly, um, well, not slightly, much more macabre, because it's a ghost story. And so I really wanted to focus on the elements that were. That were spooky uh, if it was a ghost story and actually initially we were going to produce it in October um, at the uh, at the fringe fest at the the NoHo uh, festival oh really we weren't able to, yeah we just weren't able to work the timing out um, but I, I I felt confident that it would still be appropriate in October even though it was a Christmas story and we would and we would work it up until the holidays but uh, it's it's a ghost story so so I think it kind of covers two two different uh, bases, but um, yeah, so the that way, something right. new that we, we just sort of incorporated and we're sort of excited to see what the reaction is for the mask. Oh, I, I, mean, I think that's going to be really cool. And I've never thought of it really as a ghost story, but you're right. It absolutely is a ghost story. <laughs> kind yeah, of, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if it's, if it's, it's kind of, you know, it would be the kind of thing that if you were sitting Sitting down with your family after having your holiday meal, and and there's there are no devices around, there's no TV, there's not even radio, and uh, you would want to bond and, and sort of have some entertainment. Um, you would tell tell a story in front of the fire, and and this would be the kind of story uh, that you would tell. It has everything in it. It has great characters. It has action. It has, um, you know magic and, and mystery and, and it has a great character main character that we uh that you love to to be afraid of and then at the end that you that you would love to have in your family you know it's it's really a wonderful story so um it's about an hour long maybe about an hour and ten uh the goal has always been to try to shave it down and shorten it um a little bit so it's digestible um and uh, yeah, it's playing December first and second, and December eighth and ninth. Saturdays at at eight p.m. and Sundays at two. And we're probably going to have a, a separate showing on the eighth for for schools, uh, which is what we're working on. Nice. Uh, and and we're doing it for a great cause. We're we're raising money for a, pro, uh, a portion of the proceeds will go to a, a teacher that, that just started teaching this year. Is a great a great teacher, and, she, and she's teaching. 
um, special needs uh, preschoolers. And, you know, everyone knows that teachers usually fund their materials, a lot of their materials on their own. So, so our goal is to try to help make it easier for them, uh, you know, for the first, first year, because that's when you set yourself up and, and you get all your materials for the first time. So por- a portion of the proceeds from the show will, will go to that. So that's, that's wonderful. something that we're really happy about. Yeah, getting everyone into the holiday spirit. So, you know, hey, you won't be a Scrooge if you come see this show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> well, we're almost out of time here, but I did want to give a moment for you to plug the show, tell people where they can go and get tickets, uh, all that information, and just one more time kind of relay the dates and the times that people can come see the performances and where they can go. Because it's at the Whitmore Lindley in North Hollywood, correct? Whitmore Lindley in North Hollywood on December 1st and 2nd. Uh, Saturday and Sunday. Saturdays will be at 8 p.m. Sundays at 2 p.m. Uh, and also on December 8th and 9th, Saturday and Sunday as well. Uh, and on the 8th, we, we are trying to set up a special presentation for schools. So if you do have a class or you do want to recommend your students to go out to see it, they will get half off of ticket prices. And the tickets can be purchased on brownpapertickets.com or they can go up to the the, the door and buy tickets there the day of. It's a very small black box theater. It's a 55-seater, so it, it, it'll be very intimate. It'll be a lot of fun to see a show like that up close and personal. But the seats will go fast. So if if you want to make sure that you do have a seat, uh, you can order those on brown paper tickets or call the number and talk to me personally, and we'll, we'll get you set up. So, um, and the Whitmore Lindley is, is really easily accessible. It's, it's right uh, off of uh, Lancashire on Magnolia. The parking, it's not in abundance, so you would just want to get there a little early uh, to make sure you can get parking. But there are a lot of places to eat, a lot of little cafes. Oh, yes, most definitely. Especially Republic of Pie, which is right next door. <laughs> yeah, I haven't eaten there in a while, but they're, they're really good. Awesome. Well, Fred, thank you so much for joining us here on LA Theater Bites. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it. And that's A Christmas Carol starring Fred Blanco, and it opens up December 1st at 8 p.m. And if they, if they do uh, have any more questions, they can go to Facebook and look for Fred Blanco's A Christmas Carol. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you once again, Fred, and we'll hopefully see you soon. Thanks, Matt. We'll see you.